In March, the Federal Circuit struck down the final patent rules regarding claims and continuation practice and the USPTO's authority to impose certain rules that will impact the submission and examination of patent applications. But on July 6th, the appeals court withdrew their decision and said they would reconsider the case. Finnegan partner Linda Thayer joins us in this follow-up podcast to shed light on the latest developments. Linda, can you briefly explain what has transpired between March 9th and now in regard to the final patent rules? Well, I mentioned last time that petitions for a rehearing on Bonk were due on May 4th. However, the parties requested an extension of time. The word on the street is that the PTO needed more time to decide whether what it wanted to do. Uh, so on June 3rd, the new deadline, the plaintiffs, Dr. Tapas and GSK, filed petitions requesting rehearing on Bonk, but curiously, the Patent Office didn't. The Patent Office did respond, however, to the plaintiffs' briefs on June 22nd. Then, as we know, the court granted rehearing on July 6th. Why is the Embank hearing of the decision so important? It means that the original decision will most likely be modified. In the worst-case scenario for many, the court could reverse the one part of the decision that went in favor of GSK and Tafis. Also, the court could opt to expand the PTO's rulemaking authority. If the court chose to decide all the issues that it had remanded to the district court, the way could be made clear for the PTO to implement the final rules whenever it wanted. On the flip side, the en banc court could modify the opinion to find even more of the final rules invalid, as Judge Rader advocated in his dissent. At a high level, rehearing is important because it will allow the court an opportunity to further clarify the scope of the Patent Office's rulemaking authority. In the first podcast, you predicted that GSK and Tafis would request rehearing on Bonk and pointed out that the Federal Circuit grants very few rehearings. So why did the Federal Circuit grant a rehearing this time? The court's order granting rehearing didn't give us any clue. However, rehearing on Bonk is, according to the federal rules, not favored and is generally not ordered unless the court decides it needs to correct something, correct an opinion that may have deviated from precedent, for example, or if the issues in the opinion are of, quote-unquote, exceptional importance. In this case, we have both grounds. But we won't know for sure why the court decided to grant rehearing until the en banc court issues its decision. What specific issues do you expect will receive a closer look this time around, and how come? In its order, the court vacated the earlier decision, the March 20th opinion, and reinstated the appeal. Therefore, technically, all of the issues raised on appeal are going to be reheard and relitigated in the rehearing. But most suspect that the court will focus on the distinction between what is the procedural rule and what is the substantive rule, and also take the opportunity to clarify the scope of the PTO's rulemaking authority. The panel decision showed that even between the three judges on the panel, there was some disagreement over what was substantive and what was procedural, and also the uh, level of deference that should be accorded to the PTO when they're in a rulemaking capacity. On June 18th, President Obama nominated David Kapos to be Undersecretary of Commerce for Intellectual Property and Director of the PTO. Since he's not confirmed, how will this affect the rehearing and the future status of the rules? Yes, it's difficult to tell what effect it will have. As you mentioned, David Kapos has not been confirmed and probably won't be since the Senate Judiciary Committee is consumed with the Sotomayor confirmation proceedings right now. I don't mean that he won't be confirmed. I just mean he won't be confirmed anytime soon. Thus, um, he's not calling the shots right now technically, but I bet he's being consulted while he's in transition. 
many of the people at the PTO who initially wrote the final rules are still at the office, still in their positions, and they be, may be invested in continuing to fight for them. While at IBM, Mr. Capos uh, supported the challenges to the final rules, but we don't know yet what his opinion will be on behalf of the PTO. Linda, can you take us through the briefing schedule and timeline for what you expect in the uh, weeks ahead? Sure. The en banc panel will consider the briefs that are already in file, but both the parties and the MCI are invited to file additional briefs. The PTO's briefs are due 30 days from the date of the order or August 5th. Um, GSK and TAFIS briefs are due 20 days after that, which is August 26th. Additional briefs from Amakai will be due seven days after either August 5th or August 26th, depending on um, if they support a particular party's position. Anyway, after all the papers are in, the court will set a, a date for oral argument. In Bilski, the Federal Circuit issued its en banc decision about five months after oral argument was heard. So we probably won't get an en banc decision until February or March of next year. But I think now the majority odds are that the PTO will uh, continue on to preserve their win. And if the Federal Circuit modifies the decision to weaken at all its rulemaking authority, I would expect the PTO to request cert to the Supreme Court. If the court enlarges the scope of the PTO's rulemaking authority, probably uh, TAFIS and GSK would likely request cert. And while the Supreme Court does not take many patent-related cases, my guess is that it would jump at the chance to take this one, which is largely administrative law, not patent law. Our guest has been attorney Linda Thayer, a partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. To stay current on this story, to listen to other podcasts in this series, and for additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.